You are rocking with Cheryl and Natty on the Shades of Strong podcast, where we are working to dismantle the myths and the stereotypes of the strong black woman by creating safe and sacred spaces for black women to uncake, unmask, and unhide so that they can be whatever shade or strong that feels right for them. Mm-hmm. This has been quite the journey. <laughs> <laughs> It has. It really has. I am. Um, I'm a little astounded that we are closing in on the end here. Right, but we are getting it done. Got it done. <laughs> there have been lots of conversation and lots of revelation. Yeah. And I hope that you guys have been able to take some nuggets as we wind it one down. But of course, this is not the end. It is actually just the beginning. We will be continuing the uncaping, unmasking, and unhiding in the sister circle of feeling. feeling, And we would love to see your face in the playroom. As we mentioned in a few episodes back, the sister circle of healing is a 12-week virtual experience where we gather in a safe space for connection, healing and transformation we created this experience this space (laughs) because nadia and i both know what it's like to do strong wrong (laughs) we know what it's like trying to be all the things to all the people all the time we know what it's like to be buried in Mm -hmm. guilt shame Mm -hmm. fear and grief because we've been there. We know what all of that feels like. We know what it feels like to feel like you don't belong anywhere. We know all of that all too well. And if you've been tuning into these episodes, I'd be willing to bet that you know too. So Natty and I want to support you in moving through those things mm-hmm. so that you can fully experience a life of peace, freedom, and happiness. Right. So if you've been looking for a community where it's safe to process, create, love, dance, because yeah, we do some dancing too, laugh, cry, or a place to just be who you are, a place where you can be your authentic self, a place where you can celebrate your wins and you can open up to share your desires and thoughts and feelings. You need to be in the sister circle of healing. I'm just saying. (laughs) (laughs) You really do. Because not only are we going to do the work to to heal the unhealed places in us, we are going to connect. We are going to make sisterhood connections. And and I'm just so super, super excited about that. So, yeah, we would love to to, uh, have you join us in the sister circle of healing. The investment is only $600. And payment plans are available. So I am going to leave the link to the Sister Circle in the show notes of this episode. So now today we are continuing our conversation on Mary Jane Paul of the show Being Mary Jane. So over the last few days, we have talked about the behavior and the characteristics of her character. We talked about her cave, we talked about her mask, we talked about her kryptonite, 
And in yesterday's episode, Natty and I shared how Mary Jane Paul has shown up in our lives and how she still sometimes shows up. <laughs> Natty shared that she shows up in her life in, in, in the area of perfectionism. Right. And I share how she often shows up in my romantic relationships or the lack thereof. (laughs) (laughs) So today we are taking a closer look at Mary, Mary Jane's relationship woes. She had quite a few relationship woes, relationship woes. Right. So yeah, we're going to take a look, take a deeper dive into that today. And the reason why I want to take a closer look or a deeper dive into her relationship woes is because I've heard a number of women, myself included, talking about or asking the, asking the question why they're constantly attracting emotionally unavailable men, why they're constantly attracting abusive men, narcissistic men, men who cheat, men who don't consistently choose them, men with no ambition, and the list goes on. <laughs> you fill in the blank with whatever your story is. But seriously, though, I have heard women ask that. So I think it's definitely worth examining why we feel like we are attracting those type of men in our in our lives. So in yesterday's episode, I briefly talked about how Mary Jane and and her father have a pretty good relationship and how one of his greatest desires is for her to find a love like his and her mother. So I was thinking that perhaps that is why Mary Jane constantly finds herself in these volatile relationships. Maybe she's so busy trying to find that perfect love, that love her parents had until she's like, let me try him and let me try him and let me try him. (laughs) Maybe that was the case. Or maybe Mary Jane has an unhealed trauma that she hasn't hasn't dealt with yet. So, I personally am leaning more towards the unhealed trauma because I really do believe that we attract, even when it comes to our friendships, I feel like we attract the, we attract the type of people that are, that have the the characteristics and the behaviors of any type of trauma that has happened in our lives. And that's not just romantic relationships. That's, that's platonic as well. Mm-hmm. I've certainly experienced some dysfunctional some dysfunctional friendships. So, so I think those unhealed places in us unconsciously causes us to attract unhealthy, dysfunctional, volatile, whatever you want to call it. I think it causes us to attract those type of relationships. Do you agree or disagree, Matt? I'm kind of somewhere in the middle right now. I, 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 I have a hard time. I'm not saying I, I don't see the point or necessarily even disagree, but it maybe just because it's painful for me, I have a hard time thinking that even unconsciously I am bringing more trauma into my life in the form of, of people who would ultimately mistreat me. That's just a triggering thought. It's also just because, well, I, like you, I've had a, more than a few relationships, and not just romantic ones. Where, yeah, they were they were dysfunctional. It was they were painful for me, and all of that. And and I, uh, it's still a delicate 
place for me now to to sit with all the reasons why and all of that. And I totally get that because it's uncomfortable to say the least, like you were saying, to accept that we are, and I don't even want to use the word contribute because I don't think we're contributing to the dysfunction, but I do believe we attract these kinds of relationships because of what's familiar to us. You know what? Let's not even use the word attract because I get how that can be triggering for some, and I never want to be the one to re-traumatize anyone. Yeah. So let's not even use let's not even use the word attract. We gravitate toward what's familiar. This trauma is familiar. It's what we know, and we're drawn to what we know to be true about life, love, and relationships. So I don't think Mary Jane was necessarily drawn to chaos to chaos or toxicity in general i believe she was drawn to the characteristics and the behaviors Mm -hmm. that are attached to unhealthy relationships in other words she unknowingly gravitate towards the trauma she has experienced in her life and she i can totally see that yeah towards that trauma because she hasn't done her work to heal the trauma. I believe in more cases than not, and this may not be the case for everybody, but it has certainly been my experience. Mm -hmm. So take what you need and leave the rest. Like I was saying, that has certainly been been my experience. If you find yourself constantly in unhealthy relationships, there is a possibility that you are gravitating towards your unhealed trauma. And you will continue to gravitate towards the type of men that I mentioned earlier until you do the work to heal the unplaced mm-hmm. in you. So it will behoove you <laughs> to take a look at some of your childhood experiences and compare them to the commonality in past and or current relationships, whether those relationships be romantic or platonic. For example, Mary Jane had mama trauma. <laughs> and she grew up with a mother who appeared to be somewhat needy and, unemo- and unemotionally and emotionally unavailable to her. It, it really doesn't, like being Mary Jane doesn't really give us a lot about Mary Jane and her mother's um, backstory. But like I said, it just looks like her mom was somewhat needy and that she was emotionally unavailable to her. And so what what type of men does Mary Jane attract? Emotionally unavailable men. Mm-hmm. So if you grew up with overly critical parents, you probably learned that you weren't good at certain things or at the very least not good enough to do a thing, right? Mm-hmm. So you in turn learned that you weren't good. You weren't air quotes good. There's that word again. <laughs> good we talked about that a couple episodes back too but i think we internalize those things so if you grew up in a similar environment and again none of this is absolute but you will most likely gravitate towards a partner who criticizes everything from your clothes to your career choices to Mm -hmm. your friends because our, our our parents our family dynamic teach us how to love 
and it teaches us how we should be loved. So mm -hmm. if you grew up in a household where you felt safe, a household where your parents exhibited unconditional love and acceptance, a household where you were good, right. even when you were air quotes yeah. bad, you learn that you were good and that you were enough and that you deserve respect and unconditional love. And so you are drawn to people who give off that kind of energy. If you grew up in a household that was very much the opposite, where your need for love, safety, and security weren't met, where your needs for love, safety, and security weren't met, in more cases than not, you'll end up choosing partners who give off that kind of energy. Right, right. And you are also giving off that same energy. Because if you could, you are also giving off that same energy because if you can give off healthy energy, you can also give off mm -hmm. unhealthy energy. And that energy shows up in the way we carry ourselves. It shows up in our conversation. It shows up in our body language. And believe it or not, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it reveals the kind of experience we've had in our lives. Yeah, I can totally see that. Yeah. I can totally see where body language and things like that can play a part, a play a role into who you're attracting and who you're not attracting. Because uh, body language can also be a deterrent for people to approach you. I know that when I was younger, I was probably thinking a lot about what, I know I was thinking a lot about how I can present myself like body language wise to, to make myself seem approachable. Like, oh no, yeah, like it's, it's totally fine to be, come talk to me and be friends with me. It didn't seem to work, but I know that I was, I was thinking about that on, on some level. Right. We've all heard that women tend to date men with the same characteristics and behaviors of their fathers. You, you know, you probably heard, oh, she, she's marrying her dad, air quotes dad. And that's because we can easily relate to the relationship dynamics that we experienced in childhood. There's something very comforting and familiar about that experience. So we feel drawn to that when we see it in potential partners. But if for some reason, <laughs> like I said earlier, your emotional needs weren't met as a child, maybe your parents were working all the time, or maybe they were dealing with their own traumas and difficulties, or maybe you came from a large family with several siblings and your parents found it challenging to kind of spread the love. <laughs> so your needs often went unmet. Mm -hmm. When you grow up in a family dynamic like that, you either get deeper in it, meaning you'll run full speed ahead towards a similar dynamic, yeah. or you'll reject that dynamic altogether. In more cases than not, and again, this is not absolute, we end up running mm -hmm. towards it. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's not limited to parental relationships. That holds true for past relationships, whether it be romantic or platonic. It holds true for sibling relationships that left you feeling hurt, shame, or left you feeling uncomfortable in some kind of way. And that's why healing is so important because trauma yeah. is familiar. It's what we know. If we're not doing our work, it's what we're drawn to. It's what we know. It's what we it's what we know to be true about life and love. Like I said earlier, 
if no one has shown you anything different, you don't know anything different. But again, that's not going to be the case with everybody. It is my experience because I did grow up in an environment where, and I think I briefly touched on this in yesterday's episode when I talked about how Mary Jane was searching for the love of love her parents had and how I was searching for the kind of love my parents didn't have. Mm -hmm. But somehow I always ended up in the same kind of relationship my parents had. My dad was abusive. I ended up in a abusive relationship. Dad was physically and emotionally unavailable. I ended up in relationships with men who were physically and emotionally unavailable. Mm-hmm. Like my dad was everything to me. Like I was a daddy's girl, but sadly, he was the first man to break my heart. When I watched him abuse my mom or neglect us, I think I unconsciously learned that this is what love looks like. So while I was desperately working, while I was desperately working to not fall into the trap that my mom fell into, putting in, putting him out and letting him come back and then get love bombed and she let him come back. Mm-hmm. Again, I was desperately trying not to fall into that trap. But I mean, I even remember saying, I'm never going to let a man treat me that way. Mm-hmm. But then mm-hmm. I fell right into the arms. <laughs> of a man that treated me that way and i think it's because it was familiar to me it was all i knew so i mirrored the love that i had with mm-hmm. the partners i was drawn to looked like my dad they had the same characteristics and the behavior as my dad so i was drawn to that because i had not done my healing work my dad was also emotionally unavailable and physically unavailable. There were times when he wasn't. And it's funny because just about all of the good memories that I have of him are, I think, examples of those times when he wasn't being emotionally or physically unavailable. My dad, I don't recall my, my, my dad giving me a lot of hugs. I remember kissing my parents goodnight before bed for a long period of time when I was little. But also that's kind of like, I know it's something that they instituted because I didn't make this up on my own, but even still it felt like it it was something where I was initiating that, you know what I mean? But other than that, I don't remember my dad giving me a lot of like hugs and things. And that's something that I really like. I really like hugs. Adorning yourself with the proverbial mask and cape didn't miraculously happen the moment you became an adult. More likely than not, there's a history of trauma dating back to childhood that left you feeling rejected, abandoned, betrayed, and angry. Those emotions don't automatically resolve themselves. As a little black girl, the thing you needed the most was to be seen, heard, nurtured, protected, and loved without condition. When those needs aren't met, You don't get the skills needed to do life as the real you from an emotionally healthy place. If you find yourself in this episode and are ready to start your journey to healing, please consider joining us in the Sister Circle of Healing, a 12-week virtual experience for Black women to gather in a safe and sacred space for healing, connection, and transformation. Join us now at shadesofstrong.com forward slash SOS circle. 
it's a weird concept right now because a lot of people are, are very sensitive to touch and they don't want to be touched and they don't want to be all that kind of stuff. And I, I totally understand, like, certainly not without their consent. I completely get that. But that was something that I, I honestly really needed. And I think it's just because I, I was very lonely. But the times that I can remember him not being emotionally unavailable were great. Him involved, he did a, he did a lot to involve me in the things that he was interested in. So like he was a musician, he was a writer, he was a photographer, and he was always kind of letting me in on his, on his process and bringing me into his activities. And those ended up, and because those were the things that he was interested in and they brought him a lot of joy, he was always joyful doing those things. And he, when he would involve me in those things, he was exhibiting a lot of joy around me. And we had a lot of fun. And I do believe that that is why my interests are the interests that I have. He, didn't, he wasn't forcing me to do, like, listen to music with him or anything. He was just like, hey, I'm going to go in here and listen to music. You want to come? You know, that kind of thing. And so he was always inviting me into his interests and that those are the things that helped us bond. And I think those are the examples of when he was emotionally available to me. And I'm very grateful for that. But I do know that there were a lot of times when he was, un, he was unavailable emotionally. I could not, and I know I've mentioned this in a past episode, one or two past episodes in previous seasons, but there were times when I needed to talk to him and my mom about just how lonely I was or not having any friends or being made fun of at school or anything like that. And they, I just, I don't think they had the tools to really handle it because they would just say, oh no, those those kids are just jealous. Don't worry about that. And that was just kind of the end of it. They, They, I don't remember ever sitting and having a conversation with my dad about how I was feeling about anything until he was close to dying. And even then, that wasn't the best conversation because he he gaslit me over something. But before that, I don't recall ever doing that. So I really missed out on the emotional availability. And I think as a result, I am seeing just in myself the the ways in which I am emotionally unavailable. And I'm trying to, you know, I'm doing, I'm trying to correct that and course, you know, course correct that. But I also recognize how I myself have attracted relationships, romantic and platonic relationships, where the other person is not available to me emotionally at all. Hmm. I think, I don't know. I think it's probably the generation that we that we grew up in. Mm-hmm. Because I don't recall my parents ever being super affectionate with me. Like, even as I'm thinking about it now, I don't, I think there were very rare occasions where my parents said, I love you. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't want, I don't want to say they didn't when they did. Right. But I can't remember. I don't. And even if they did, I don't think it was a, it was a consistent thing in our household. But anyway, I think when we began to heal the unhealed places in us, we began to gravitate to the people we deserve because your trauma doesn't identify you. Right, definitely don't. It's not who you are. 
you can unlearn the patterns and the behaviors that contribute to you gravitating towards unhealthy relationships. Right. And when you learn better, you'll do better. When you learn that you deserve to be accepted, that you deserve an un- that you deserve an unconditional love, you will start to demand that from people. It will not be an option. It will be non-negotiable. Right. It's true. When we heal the unhealed places in us, we won't fall prey to the air quotes, any man will do syndrome. And what I've noticed, especially with women, when we see another woman settling in relationships or falling prey to the air quotes, any man will do syndrome, we are quick to say she has low self-esteem or she has low standards or she needs to raise her standards or some version and some version of that, right. not realizing that maybe she doesn't know she deserves better or that she's or that mm-hmm. she doesn't know that she's lowering her standards because at this point in her life, I don't think she even knows what her standards are. Like seriously, she can't even recognize her standards. So as women, right. especially black women, existing in a world that often pits us against each other, we need to get to a space where we give each other grace because at the end of the mm-hmm. day, we don't know what we don't know. So if you see a woman or if you have yeah. a woman in your circle of friends or in your family and you see her gravitating towards unhealthy relationships, don't judge. We're all too quick to judge. Extend some grace because you don't know what her journey is. You don't know what is contributing to her accepting that type of love. Because like I said, when you learn better, you do better. But until we learn it, we will keep accepting what we've been getting. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's what I think. I think I think once we begin to heal the unhealed places in us, we will no longer find ourselves in this space where we are constantly accepting less than what we deserve. And also in that same vein, when we find ourselves in a, in unhealthy relationships. Perhaps that man has unhealed trauma too, and he as well certainly does. Certainly does because of his lived experience. So now mm-hmm. you're bonding over mm-hmm. trauma, but I'm not gonna get into that right now. That's a whole other episode too. <laughs> trauma bonding is a whole other episode. So to start wrapping it up, because I feel like this is going a little long. If you find yourself constantly in unhealthy or dysfunctional relationships, examine yourself and your experiences to see what happened in your life that makes you feel like you don't deserve unconditional love. What happened in your life that makes you feel like you don't deserve to be accepted and you don't deserve to be shown affection? And when you're doing that, take a look at the patterns and the behaviors in your parents' relationships and your family dynamics to see if there are any commonalities mm-hmm. in the relationship dynam- dynamics you are currently in or, or relationships that you've been in in the past and do that with both with both your friend do that with both your romantic and your platonic relationships 
So yeah, that's what I think we should we should reflect on today. I think that will help you recognize the un unhealed places if there are any in you. Yeah, that's really good. Um I'm just thinking about it myself right now and I'm like, oh well, yeah, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. And it's I mean and that's really why this conversation came, why I thought why I thought it was a good idea to have this conversation, because I remember in yesterday's episode, I was like, I don't know why I keep attracting these type of men. And so I went back and examined myself to see why. And it is because, you know, that's what my dad did, you know, mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. It's, it's what he did. And it's what my mom accepted. Anything you want to add in closing, Natty? Uh, I think the let's give each other more grace let's show more grace to each other and to ourselves and also let's think about the characteristics of our of the relationships that we observed in our childhood and see if we have any similar relationships now i think those are just really good places to end on that's really good um those are really good takeaway takeaways for this Well, all right, that's day 25. We'll be back tomorrow for day 26. If you need support in between these episodes, please feel free to reach out to us. We are Shades of Strong on all social media platforms. And like always, the link to the Facebook Facebook community and the Sister Circle of Healing will be in the show notes of this episode. All right, we're out. Thank you.